Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Again, I am Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. If this is the first time you're joining us, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, we, we got a good thing going here. We have a good time every morning. Um, if you follow me on social media, if you follow me on Instagram in particular, you will see that there is now a dog hierarchy in the studio. Um, studio Dog 1, Sassy, has been joined now by Studio Dog 2, Millie, also known as the Molinator. And Madam barks a lot, uh, but she's right now behaving herself and being very quiet and and in studio with me. So isn't that fun? If you want to um, send me pictures of your dog, you can always do that on the text line eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. I'd love to know, um, you know, who is a part of my canine listening audience as well. They they matter to me, and they should know that um, that there are dog representatives in the studio as a part of every day's production. And yes, there's a hierarchy. Uh, Sassy is on a pillow, the princess pillow. Millie is on the floor. I don't know if at some point that will have to be rectified and there will have to be some equality brought to this situation. Um, Are you confused about COVID guidelines? Well, if so, you're not alone. Um, I was noting that the NCAA released um, updated guidance for winter sports. You're saying to yourself, you know, how does Carmen come up with all this stuff? Well, you know, people do send me stuff. And so yesterday somebody sent me this and I thought, wow, that I'm, I'm very appreciative to know this. So the CDC, you might know, updated guidance on quarantine and isolation recommendations. And the NCAA took, wasted no time taking advantage of that information and saying, hey, this pretty much means we can get back to winter sports across the board. Um, so uh, among a range of topics that's covered in the NCAA's um, uh, release, is this quote, a person who has had a documented COVID-19 infection in the past 90 days is considered the equivalent of fully vaccinated. And then they say, and the pun is totally intended, yes, folks, that's a game changer. So I appreciate, I appreciated that. Um, So apparently uh, natural immunity created by having had COVID is for a growing number of people considered, uh, being considered as fully vaccinated. I think that's good news. Um, because that will increase the percentage of the population that's considered fully vaccinated and, you know, probably provide for greater mobility and people getting back to work and all kinds of things, kids back to school, all the good stuff. All right. Um, I think that we'll leave it right there. I know that Peter Kapsner is um, is in studio. I can't see him because he's in a different studio than me. So we're actually all experiencing the same thing together. We're all together, but we can't see each other. But we can hear each other, and I love that. I'd love to hear from you as well. The text line is always open, 877-933-2484. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to ask Peter if he has a word for the year. We're also going to talk about some sports headlines from the week because, you know, Peter is good at all of that stuff. Um, and the other conversation that Peter and I are going to have that you will not want to miss is what he and his students are talking about in class. 
right? So what are the class discussions going on about the common things, belief in the cult, beliefs in the culture today that are common but weren't even a part of our cultural conversations, let's say, 10 years ago? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Here, but before we talk with Peter, I might have to um, I might have to baby talk Elliot, who appears to be a black Labrador retriever who is totally adorable and listening right now. Elliot, 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 <laughs> like right? <laughs> Elliot has a whole um, series of chew toys lying on the floor, and so I suspect that as we chew through the news, Elliot chews through. Uh, oh, oh, we got Frenchie. <gasps> Frenchie. These pictures Hello. are amazing. Good, They're amazing, good Carmen. Good morning, Frenchie. <laughs> what? So Frenchie's funny. like chew thing is bigger than Frenchie. Frenchie is a, a, a little English. No, bulldog. What kind of bulldog is that? I don't know. The one with the big ears and the little face. I know. Not like a bulldog, like who let the dogs out. University of Georgia bulldog. This is a different kind of bulldog. It is. This bulldog. The ears is, are a little yeah. too big for, for a it's big very Georgia. very fancy. Yeah, indeed. Frenchie is a very fancy, oh, probably French. Not, it's a French bulldog. Don't you think his name's Frenchie? I think okay. that's right. Well, and I think it's clear, Peter, Karen, we were talking about studio hierarchy. I mean, we, I, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> he has been, he has been chastising me all morning. He's sitting on his like dog bean bag and he's lording it over me right now. It's just remarkable. <laughs> okay, you guys have to follow me on Instagram so you can see the dog hierarchy in the studio. So to follow me on Instagram, that's where the picture is posted. Um, all right, Peter, um, talk with us about... I don't know. The let's start with this. Let's start with the erosion or the devolution of basic moral codes in the culture today. There's apparently um, a trend. It's been going on for about a year now, where there's this like shaming of people who are unvaccinated and then contract COVID and die, and in their death, like people are. Mo- I mean, it's worse than just mocking. Yeah. Like it's. It, it's crazy. What is going on and what does this tell you about like sort of who we've become as a people? Yeah, the reference point is it seems like about once a week, right? There's somebody who has been fairly public. Maybe they're a public official. Maybe they're a private business person. Uh, could be from any, any walk of life, but they've been publicly anti-vaccination and the vaccine mandates, and then they end up dying from COVID. And, and when that happens, the internet just lights up. And, and let's just say it's probably not worth your time to read both sides of that. And, and the the devolution, as you said, of conversation and how we treat one another. I think, Carmen, some of the origin of that probably came among from other places. It probably came from uh, the way that our political officials have treated one another over these past maybe six years, eight years, 10 years, uh, that their level of discourse in the public sphere made possible by environments like Twitter has then, we, we moved from having philosophical differences in our country uh, where we would argue and debate and fight and try to 
maybe persuade through evidence. But at the end of the day, we were all still at least perceived to be one people trying to head towards a common goal. And so the sort of the classic expression of that is that people who would fight and argue and persuade all throughout the day would still be willing to go have dinner together somewhere and enjoy each other's company and get up and do it the next day. But it was maybe six, eight years ago that we noted in some of my classes that I teach that the the language of philosophical difference changed to a moralization of good and evil. And uh, one side began calling the other side evil and, and the other side began to call that side evil and back and forth. And when that happened, well, nobody wants to have conversations with perceived evil, uh, real and perceived. And, and in this case, then they began to just trash one another through these mediums that were not face-to-face conversation. They were just one-way conversations on places like Twitter. And once that started, it set a, a precedent. And, and once you have something in the cultural, uh, I guess, zeitgeist or the way we are as a culture, it tends to pick up some steam. I mean, right, a little bit of leaven starts leavening the whole loaf. And, and that leaven of those kinds of conversations have now made its way into so many different conversations. And I think we have an opportunity as, as followers of Jesus to model very different kinds of conversations uh, in these very tricky topics. So I think that's um, a really uh, like excellent place for us to go in terms of so how do we speak into this? I think the golden rule maybe is part of it. Maybe that seems super simplistic, but the golden rule um, is one of those things, Peter, that I thought was, well, hey, that's kind of a part of the fabric of who we are. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Certainly, you wouldn't want to be mocked in this way um, upon your death. I mean, is this, you know, do you want to just be remembered for one thing and one thing only? And if so, what's the one thing you want to be remembered for? I mean, maybe those are the kinds of conversations we could have that would provoke people to consider what they're doing. Agreed. I, I think that I think that loss of of other centered mutuality or the ability to experience somebody else's life, at least if you're not that person, to just walk a mile in their shoes. The the fancy word is to is to be able to have a vicarious experience, meaning that I just imagine myself in their shoes. They, they have a different experience. It's a real experience. It's really impacting them. And if I can take a half a second to stop being self-absorbed about all of my concerns and issues and demands and, and values and all of those sorts of things and recognize another person across the, uh, the room from me as having a very different experience and puzzle or wonder over what their experience might be like genuinely so, not as a strategy, not as a technique, but to just say, huh, I wonder how that a person is experiencing the world. Now, that doesn't mean our experiences of the world are necessarily then automatically kingdom kinds of experiences, but just to acknowledge that we're having different kinds of experiences and then to ask some questions and to get an authentic conversation, we have a great opportunity to model something different because the leaven works the other direction, doesn't it? I, I, there is the leaven of sin, but when, when the kingdom people can begin to leaven the culture in a different kinds of way, they have to start by modeling that. And then the culture kind of snaps awake, at least some of them might, and say, hang on a minute. There actually is a bit of a different way to live, but we've got to model it first. Okay, it seems a report is in order here. Uh, Bingley is listening right now. Bingley <laughs> listens every morning. Bingley appears to be a virtually white golden retriever with yep. a very adorable brown nose, big brown nose. Good morning, Bingley. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Bingley's listening right now. Bingley, tail, sure. Bingley also listens apparently to Bill Arnold in the afternoon during their walk and on weekends. Uh, they catch up on what they missed. So there you go. Bingley is a fully well-informed uh, precious one. All right, we got Viking and Jasper checking in as well. <laughs> Viking and Jasper. Look, uh, Viking and Jasper are big, furry dogs who like to be outside in the snow, and it is snowy 
uh, where they live. So good morning. Good morning to Viking and Jasper. Let me just go ahead and tell you that um, <clears throat> all of the puppy love talk that I've been doing um, has roused uh, Millie. And Millie thinks that all of these dogs whose names end in IE are her names. And so um, and so I'm going to have to let her out of the studio here in just a moment. Um, Peter and I are going to talk a little bit about the things that we have considered common in the culture um, for a very long period of time, but how uh, beliefs in the culture today are just quite a bit different than that. And he's going to tell us what he's learning from the 18 and 19 and 20 year olds in his class. We'll be right back. All right, this is an equal opportunity uh, show. So good morning to Angel. Angel is a black, beautiful black cat. And Angel is listening right now as well. But we all know that Angel is not really listening because Angel is a cat and not a dog. Yeah, cats don't listen. But No, they don't. But good morning. Oh, oh look, Daisy is checking in. Uh, Daisy is checking in um, on behalf of all the standard poodles out there. Good morning. Good morning. Dobie and Dahlia and Ryder. Oh, my goodness. Dobie and Dahlia and Ryder. Ryder is, uh, uh, okay, I got I to gotta click on the picture here. Oh, they've been listening. Oh, my goodness. Look at them. <laughs> they, are, they are schnauzers of a particular variety because look how brown they are. I know people are listening and saying to themselves, I can't see what she's looking at, which makes which leads me to believe there should be some visual component to this program. Yes, Um, indeed. For sure. I mean, even if it's just that we start a dog website. Because like, I'm just saying. dogs of the carmination. Uh, I, I can that's see right. They are these brilliant. are the dog the dogs. Do- the dogs of the carmination. Um, all right, are amazing. Oh my goodness, we have Sonia checking in saying we train service dogs for canine companions. Solo. Oh, Solo is our service dog now, and Solo loves the program. Well, of course, <laughs> he's going to go to college in May. Oh, Solo is a beautiful. Um, I would say also a black lab. Yes. That would be, it's a beautiful, beautiful dog as well. All right, the dogs of the Carmination. Maybe they all need little shirts or something. I don't know. Uh, there is, yeah, there's a lot of potential there here. But be... Did you see the cat picture reading the scriptures, <laughs> it looks like? Or something along those lines? Grace, because, yes. Grace is listening to Faith Radio. Grace is also a beautiful cat. Um, has a multicolored face. I'm sure there's a name for that. And is quite beautiful and is lying calico, across the Bible. Oh, I love the that. Calico, <laughs> thank you. The Calico cat lying across the Bible. Actually, maybe... Maybe just obscuring the uh, you know the person's ability to read it. I don't know. Oh my goodness! Look at Fay Lynn. Fay Lynn, Gaelic for wolf, listening as well. Look at those big ears. Oh my goodness, Fay Lynn. Good morning, Fay Lynn. Good morning. <laughs> she that, never speaks to you and me this way, Paul. We this, this never. Is, we never way, get that, that Carmen voice you, ever. Okay, that is that is how a creature is carminated. By the way, <clears throat> you speak to them. In the baby talk dog voice. I love that. Fay, look at Fay Lynn. Look at those little ears. Look at those big ears. All right. The better to hear you with. Oh, Stella. Stella is part of the carmination. Stella is all laid out on the couch. That is a, a beautiful. Oh, I I need to know. Um, Stella's like got a like a cozy yellow chew toy. I think it's a duck. I don't know. 
That's a living duck, though. Let's be clear about that. Is a stuffed duck? Yes. All right. Franny, Franny, who thinks the Christmas tree skirt is her blanket, listens to Carmen every day. All right, Franny. Good morning. Okay. There's a. I don't know if we're going to get back to the conversation we planned. (laughs) Look at this. They are coming. I've never seen the text line do this, Carmen. I know. Peace. It is. Peace is listening right now in the living room. Good morning, Peace. How nice is that to have a have a dog named Peace? Oh. This is Claudio, my half moon beta fish who loves the program. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the best text oh. of the morning right there. So that's I feel, brilliant. I feel like Claudio knows how to go deep. But um bum. But um bum. I love it. Oh, oh, Jim from Simsbury, Connecticut says, why don't you just really invest in this? Go ahead and get Faith Radio winter winter dog jackets. That's the oh, next share event. Idea. That's I mean, the next we share don't event. even have we don't have any people winter jackets, but yeah. we could get some Faith Radio winter dog jackets. For sure, we All right. could. Yes. Hopefully, Neil Stavum is listening because this is going to be expensive. Puppies grow up <laughs> listening to Carmen. Oh my goodness! Look at the dachshunds. The dachshunds, um, this this friend is, they're actually breeding dachshunds. And so all of these, oh, Dobie, Dahlia, and Ryder are dachshunds. I totally missed that. They looked like little schnauzer faces. I, I was circling back. Dobie, Dahlia, and Ryder are dachshunds. And they have puppies. Look at those puppies, guys. I know you can't see this, and I apologize oh, for that. I will that. find a way to oh, we, um, You've got make to it post these on the show page somehow. You know remarkable. what? Maybe I could yeah. post them all on my Instagram I think that would be really Maybe nice. I could figure yeah, out a way uh, to yes, do that. Sure. I, I can figure that out. I, I'm sure I have the technology. Put, put the folder so, together, Dogs of the Carmination. Yeah, I love that. Dogs of the Carmination. Dogs of the Carmination. All right. Um, and in the Dogs of the Carmination will be the representatives of the fish Oh, for and sure. The, the beta fish is my there favorite will be The morning. beta fish. Oh, oh I mean, my goodness. Look at that boy. Who is that? Um, all right. I don't know. I got a picture with no uh, with no credentials. If you just texted in and your phone number starts with 592, you need to tell us who that is because that is a beautiful, fluffy dog. All right, I know, I know. All right, so we got so many, so many. All right, I can't do them all. Do you have anything more to say this morning, Peter? No, as we've completely run out of time. No, it's so. I just, I, I think the beta fish thing. If, if I could bring over a second beta fish and just because I, I understand they can't be in the same room together, right? If you, if you have a beta fish with another one, no. they just start duking it out. I, I kind of like to see live video of that this morning. We, 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 we now have the one beta fish that is uh, going to be represented. <clears throat> Oh, and um, and Lori says yes. The show has gone to the dogs. It has. Thank you, Lori. It has. Right? It that has. Is, thank is you, Lori. Oh gone to the dogs. my! Oh my! I gotta have a name. I gotta have a name. Those of you who are sending pictures, which I totally love, the puppy dog who just came in with the green chew toy and the happy face, three two zero area code. I need to know who that is so that I can. So that I can grow. Oh, Sadie. Look at Sadie. Turned over on her back. Good morning, Sadie. <laughs> Good morning, puppy love. All right. There you go. That's it. That's all the puppy talk. Um, I got to, I got, we got to jump. We got to jump. Peter. Thank you, as always. The good news is you're on every week, so the fact that I completely ate up your time today <laughs> is this was okay. not This was a really well, a, a good use of time this morning. The, the you text, think so? I have never seen this many I've texts. I've never seen it so, so many. It's so fun no, to see and, so many of our Facebook family. It's just amazing. Like, right? Yeah, when right. we're giving something away, we get all kinds of text messages. But definitely in terms of, like, you guys letting me know what's going on out there, yeah. we got to say good morning to Tank. <laughs> Tank, good morning, man. He looks, looks like, like tank. a tank. It's possible Tank is hiding under the table. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. agreed. Tank, well, and people are letting morning. us into their homes this morning. We're seeing pictures of, like, entire it. homes and rooms and everything. <laughs> this is remarkable. Well, and and 
I love Jim in Connecticut, who has now texted a picture of himself in his Faith Radio <laughs> swag. He's like, you make winter hats for people. Why can't you make dog jackets, winter dog jackets, logoed with Faith Radio stuff? There you go. I love I it. I know. We have winter hats. We could have winter jackets for dogs. It's all possible. All right, Peter, we got to leave it right there. we got to take a break for break point. Keep texting your dog pictures in. 877-933-2484. To find those toys that try to hide My heart is so wide open I spend each moment hoping Okay, we have clearly hit upon a theme here this morning Um, Daisy May, uh, good morning Newman, good morning Uh, We got Pokey the donkey checking in, good morning Peace is a dove, which I missed when we greeted Peace a moment ago Um, Good morning to Maya um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, we got two cats checking in um, who have, by the way, very fierce little faces, but I am assured that they are uh, listening intently right now. Rosie is a Siberian husky from Duluth. Um, all right, so, uh, all right, there you go. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's see. Uh, it's so great to turn on the radio and hear you talking about dogs. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I could probably talk about dogs a lot. Um, we're going to actually turn from this topic, though, to something very, very serious. Christina Twitty is a bioethicist. She's also an advocate for those of us who have aging parents and need to be having those conversations um, at the end of life and about the end of life. And so she's a decision care advocate. And we're going to talk about how to have um, those really important end of life conversations from a faith filled perspective. So, how do the Jesus people do this? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Locato. I have a friend who owns a successful business, he employs more than 500 people. He appreciates each and every one of them, yet he treats three of his workers with partiality. They are his sons. While he hears all requests, he especially hears theirs. They are being trained to run the family business. So are you. When God saved you, he gave not only forgiveness for your past, but also authority in the present and a role in the future. This life is on-the-job training for eternity. We are part of God's family. Ruling the universe is the family business. And when you seek to honor the family business, God hears your requests. When a believing person prays, great things happen. Will God do what you ask? Perhaps, or perhaps he will do more than you imagine. Christina Twitty is a bioethicist. She is also uh, a pro-life advocate. She's a speaker, and she heads up an organization um, that I'm going to refer to as a ministry that's probably not the language that she would use, but it's called Decision Care Advocates, and you can check it out at decisioncareadvocates.com. Christina, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I was intrigued by a piece you recently wrote for Samaritan's Ministries. Uh, The piece is entitled Bury Me in White and Other Advanced Care Planning. Um, Talk with us about what is advanced care planning and why do you want to be buried in white? (laughs) 
Thank you. I appreciate the question. Uh, let me answer the, I guess the first one first in that order. My approach to advanced care planning has often been a little different than most of what I hear. And you typically talk about it when parents are older, when your loved ones are older, when you're getting older. But I wanted to take an approach to this that just says, you know, accidents happen, illness happens, and they don't typically announce themselves like our age does, where we get a little bit of time to adjust and make plans for down the road when we can't make them for ourselves anymore or where we just can't do life the way we've been accustomed to it. So that's really the simple answer to what advanced care planning is. It's those last years sometimes, uh, months, days of life, whenever they may come, whether they're expected or unexpected, and just making some decisions to put care in place, medical um, wishes in place, family dynamics oftentimes get in the way of some of that. So just having those conversations when it's not a crisis and makes things a lot easier. As for the second, the bury me in white, uh, was just something I was thinking a lot about just in the context of being a believer and having a different perspective on death and all the scripture that talks about us being the bride of Christ and being ready for his return. And it just resonated with me, I guess, in, in some sense, being, being a single, um, being an older single and the, the imagination of your wedding day and, and meeting your groom. And that for, for me, for, for now at least, is um, just most alive when I think of meeting Jesus face to face. And so it was just a symbolic um, picture for me of bury me in white because that that is where I'm headed. And knowing that um, gives me a different perspective on how to help people plan for that themselves, especially if they know the Lord. I love that. Um, I I so resonate with um, this conversation at so many levels. This you know this <laughs> anticipation and um, an acknowledgement that illness or an accident can um, can interrupt what we think of as, you know, uh, uh, how long life should be. Age is certainly, um, you know, something that's advancing on us all sure. and into which we're each advancing, right? And if we are yeah. um, still blessed to have a parent or parents, this is a conversation that we need to have but often avoid, so can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Like, we all know death is coming. I mean, we live in a culture right. where we're, like, now really acutely aware of it, um, I think, because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when when should we start having these conversations, and what are some of the approaches to get the conversation going? Sure. You know, it, it, there's really not a timeline for when to start. Sometimes it comes up just because everyday conversation now seems to be about numbers and illness and, you know, the news is 24-7, so it's kind of a constant in-your-face kind of thing. I know in my family, especially with my parents, who I do still have both of, thankfully, it comes up periodically, you know, in an off comment. And it's, you know, don't hook me up to a machine. Don't stick me in a hospital. You know, I'll, I'll die within a month if you put me in a senior home or something like that. And so it gives you a chance to just go, okay, tell me what you want that to look like. Um, and it can be a comfortable conversation, just kind of off the cuff, or it can be a question. A lot of times 
I recommend, especially to kids that are trying to have that conversation with their parents, this is kind of what I trained myself to do a little bit, is to think about what I want the answer for me to be uh, before I try to ask a my parents to make that decision. I mean, they're both still much, very much in their older prime. They're both working. Uh, you know, they can run circles around me. My dad's a pilot. My mom's in real estate. And so they both are in, in real estate. And so they're crunching numbers and walking properties and fixing houses. And it doesn't even seem like it's like right there on the radar. But when my dad got COVID last year, it really made a point to look at what paperwork is in place. We might have talked about and had these conversations and we know where we're going. We know where he's going, but that doesn't make it any easier to think about it happening right now. And so whether or not you've been able to put those pieces of paper in place, just the way that the legal system thankfully is set up when one person can't make decisions, who that next person in line is to help make those decisions needs to be pretty clear. And so having the conversations just in a casual start, making those decisions for yourself, and then just as as life changes, um, an illness or an accident or a surgery, it just kind of brings up natural cause for having them a little bit further and a little bit deeper. I think that's all so good and so helpful. Again, we're talking with Christina Twitty. Um, You can find her at Decision Care Advocates dot com decision dot com we're talking about um the end of life uh conversations we all need to have we need to have them from a faith-filled perspective as christians those conversations are different for christians um in some ways than they are for others but in some ways you know like right they're the same conversations everybody is having and needs to be having like who who is your healthcare advocate what is a healthcare advocate what are the kinds of things that I need to talk with um, my healthcare advocate about before the decision needs to be made? What are the things that I care most about? Are there um, are there particular things that I want or don't want? Not not only in relationship to um, healthcare or medical mm-hmm. intervention, but basic things like you know I really want my nails to look nice. I mean, it could be something simple, yeah. right? Like something like that. All right, hey, that's that's about my dignity, and it's about um, you know just what I want. All right, so Christina and I are going to continue this conversation with you in just a moment. Um, I know that there are those of you asking right now, where can I go uh, to find a copy of the article? Um, I will tweet it out. I will also uh, be sure that we post it on the social media um, for um, uh, for Faith Radio. But you can go to decisioncareadvocates.com and connect with Christina and get all this information as well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and we'll be right back. We're talking with Christina Twitty. She's a pro-life advocate. She is a bioethicist. She's a speaker. She's an entrepreneur. You can find her at decisioncareadvocates.com. And if you are um, interested in doing so, I know that she does consultations not only over the phone but via Zoom. And so if you're saying to yourself, um, wow, this is something I really need help with. I need help thinking through um, uh, end-of-life decisions for myself. Um, and I need help figuring out how to have these conversations with others that I love and to do so from a faith perspective. Christina is, um, uh, she is a reliable resource. I can say that because I've known her for years. Um, Christina, I think that many people, when we think about uh, even just the topic end of life or end of life decisions, Mm -hmm. the conversations that are being had in the culture about this, like right when the culture talks about end of life decisions, 
they're often having a completely different conversation than the one we're having here. They're talking about assisted suicide. So I'm just wondering, like, does that conversation come up in these conversations with people of faith? You would probably be amazed uh, at the level of these conversations. I think the more it becomes a, a culturally acceptable to just give somebody a little extra morphine at the end and speed the process up to make it less painful for the ones left behind, to make it less painful for the ones uh, in the process. It's a fine line, I would say. Um, There is a fine line, certainly, between over-medicating someone uh, right there at the end and letting a natural, you know, kind of process process. Um, But one of my favorite resources that I think I've mentioned in the article and probably footnoted um, too, is Catherine Mannix, who's a, a palliative care um, specialist in England, and she wrote this beautiful book called With the End in Mind. And she just talks about walking her patients through what this is going to look like, not only her patients, but also their family. So they could come to recognize the signs of death, just like we would recognize the signs of a baby coming. And while it's a very different emotional basket that you're dealing with, being able to say this is this is part of life because it's death and everybody does face it, like you mentioned earlier. So when I look through resources and I pick things to guide questions, I'm also very aware that there's an underlying expectation that, well, if you want this, you should be able to have this, regardless of what your state laws may say. And I find that extremely disturbing. For a few different reasons, because when you watch that progress, people who choose not to go the direction of assisted suicide with the help of their doctor often get pressured into making that choice, depending on the state law, because it then influences insurance. And we've probably all heard bits and pieces in the news about people getting letters to say, we won't cover your treatment, but we would cover an assisted uh, suicide. And that's just mm. deplorable. It treats someone like they're disposable um, because of their illness. When those are the most tender moments, we should be fighting like the Dickens, to use a Southern phrase, uh, for for their um, protection. Um, because we do tend to revert to a place of dependency. And we do tend to be... Um, more afraid, I think, at the end of what we don't know, what we don't see coming. So if there's any time to be sensitive to someone in the place that they are, I would say the end of life is the most sensitive because you're losing the capacity to do what you've always done for yourself and you're having to depend on someone else. And what an exchange of that, you know, mercifully, God, you know, gave us such an ability to take care of so many things throughout our lives. But I think we lose something when we hide um, death and we shove our elderly away from being able to interact and overlap uh, and include that as part of our lives. I think we miss something left behind um, just to our core. I think we become a very jaded, um, hardened um, type of people that, that don't deal with those tender moments and don't let them impact us. And when you, you truncate life, on purpose, on your schedule, 
uh, I think it does a lot more damage than we realize. Hmm. So, Christina, um, you know, we we think about Christian biomedical mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. ethical conversations. Um, the range of topics that you and I could discuss goes, you know, all the way from, right, I mean, well, in vitro fertilization is totally a huge, big topic we could talk about. Um, uh, yeah. Physician-assisted suicide yeah. is a huge one. We could talk about CRISPR technology and mm-hmm. its relationship now to, all right, <clears throat> I'm going to use a term here, xenotransplantation. Xenotransplantation. Right. Yes. I, I didn't know about xeno transplantation until this week apparently a genetically modified heart from a pig has now mm-hmm. been successfully xeno transplanted into a human being in baltimore and yes. so i might like have this immediate i mean almost like a gag reflex to that but this is <laughs> this is like really coming like they are developed yes. there is like a, a, a huge industry developing replacement organs for people on, you know, who need transplants, who for whatever reason can't get one in the traditional, uh, in the traditional way. Um, and this mm-hmm. is coming and this is going to, this is coming to Christians in our conversations with our medical providers. Can you just talk with us a little bit about xenotransplantation and the ethical issues you see there? Sure. Sure. Well, I should probably start by just saying I went a quick look last night at what the numbers are for what is driving this industry and that's also one of the questions we deal with. You know, do I want to be an organ donor? There's a reason there's a transplant wait list. And pulling a couple of sources last night, what I found is over 106,000 on the waiting list, and there's 17,012 people on the donor rolls. So when you have a loved one that needs an organ, someone needs to donate one. And it becomes extremely difficult to navigate some of those things depending on the hospital system that you're in. And when decisions are made for the benefit of your health or they're made for the benefit of who you might benefit when you die because you're an organ donor, that gets dicey. Mm -hmm. So having an alternative also really triggers this kind of roller coaster of well, we what if we used if we used animals and we we were able to do what what this gentleman you know with his with his heart transplant is able to do. So the research that goes into developing that is one whole big set of questions. Whether they're using fetal you know, aborted fetal tissue or aborted um, stem cell lines, whether it's old stem cell lines like they've used it, uh, with the development of the vaccines. Uh, for years and years and years and lots and lots of other things, whether it's stem cell lines taken from someone who didn't know they were donating their DNA to be used for lines, you know, for years and generations to come. And this mixture of uh, kind of man and animal, uh, which is a term called chimera, is really done more at a genetic level than it is to develop or to use one organ from a pig, for example, and transplant it into the body of a human being and modify it such that it is more compatible to our system. Uh, I have a friend who didn't opt for a pig valve when he had to have emergency heart surgery. Young man, something happened. He he now ticks like a Timex because he went with a metal um, apparatus in his heart that he'll have mm. for the rest of his life. But it was an option to use um, a, a valve made from pig because it doesn't 
the body rejects those less for some reason uh, and the research that's been done around that. So I, you know, kind of at first glance, when you, when you hear that, yes, there's a gag reflex, but I have a whole lot um, of, of hope in if, if this could be done cleanly research-wise. I mean, there's talk of CRISPR being used and the concern with that development, um, changing the DNA of someone. You know, how, how much DNA do you change before you're no longer human? And then how do you treat mm-hmm. that person? I don't think a pig heart makes you any more a pig than it makes you a monkey. You know, mm-hmm. so I, right. I don't want to like get people on right. fire in that in that direction at all. I do think it's a, a fantastic alternative in a clean sense. Uh, obviously, we know that because there's not a filter. A lot of times with research, the the question we were trained on in school, and then you start hearing it a whole lot is just because you can doesn't mean you mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. So the ans- the questions of what can you do and what should you do is where ethics. Uh, kind of comes into the real world. Rubber meets the will road you, here. Okay, will you come back and we can have other conversations about these kinds <laughs> yes. of things because I think that would be really helpful and we, we've we've run out of time today, um, but I know this is these are conversations we need help with. So uh, thank you so much. You guys can find uh, Christina and you can connect with her directly. DecisionCareAdvocates.com. We'll be right back. All right, um, shout out of love to Bernadette Daffodil, Bear, Daisy, Bella, Sebastian, Smudge. I know the list is so long. Really, really loved this dog day. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.